Hi, you're listening to Oh Hey Heather, Tell Me a Story. Real stories, real experiences, by real people. I hope you enjoy. So, lucky for me, I am... Oh, I am... One... Okay, I have two and a half hours of driving left... But I've been driving for an hour 40. And that first 40 some, I had my brother with me, so I got to drop him off at the airport. And then I left from the airport to take the way back to get to the path to drive home, which is normally two and a half hours. Nah, I'd say 2.45. So... I basically went in the other way to the airport and then back again. And then now I'm starting my normal route, which is fine by me. Cause I was, I mean, it's dark out. It's like 5 AM and either way I was driving home today. So it gave me a nice reflection time with just me and my borough. And then it gave me more time to just one, get through the back roads to get back on the big roads and I thought the funniest thing is is I just got off all these back roads in West Virginia and you know Pennsylvania through back to the Pittsburgh side and I absolutely love it like it's fine by me I think home has a lot of charm to it and we were that's one of the things we were reflecting on but I was cautiously driving because I didn't know what was around the next turn. I didn't know the speed limit. And sometimes you had lines, sometimes you had bumps, sometimes you had temporary construction that made you have to whip around your lane into the other lane, which was already narrow to begin with. And you pray to God, the fracking trucks and the water trucks and all that crap that has now dominated everywhere that you used to live is not around the bend ready to hit you with another deer. (laughs) So anyway, But the whole time, it's like black. Like if my car were to die, I would be on a curvy road with woods, possibly hillsides on either side of me and no lighting. So it would be, it would be black. But I mean, you just keep moving. But now I just like dump right on to uh, 70 and it's 530. And now I'm like knuckle busting it because there's so many cars and semis and traffic I'm like <laughs> so it's like I went from one extreme to the other and now I'm trying to talk which I can do because it's hands free and uh, navigate this road but the thing that made me decide why not is one I did do a podcast that was very emotional and it was like literally five minutes after I hung up with my dad in Mexico after I'd had a few glasses of wine and a great dinner to find out that uh, my grandma was in her last days and it was pretty imminent and then when I got home which was like the next night we decided to not just I mean we just went through 12 hours of 
I don't even know what you would call this new process of getting in and out of our country, but touche government, touche, you're right. You have definitely uh, deterred me from wanting to travel anytime soon with your um, public systems of uh, very expensive private corporations. So, poof, if I have one more form to say I had the form, that reflected the form I had before I came so that I could show you my passport that I had to have the driver's license for to get in the first place, but that I had to show to validate that I had the other. And then you want to tell me I can't vote. Oh my gosh. Anyway, that all was a great time, but I love Mexico and I love the people of Mexico. Those are, talk about genuine, authentic people that were really taking care of you. And I thought, we, we had a conversation about how I bet they struggle with the people that just come down there and just, oh, you know, like, oh, I'm so crazy, spinning my head, dancing, you know, right, peeing in the pool, those kinds, and I say those kinds, but we have fun and we get a little, like, we're on vacation, oops, I will take a water, please. Where I sleep in this chair, but we're not like, I clean up after myself. I tip generously. I thank everyone. I'm, I leave it better than I found it. I take my towels to where they go. I clean up my, you know, it's like, come on people. It's the same thing of like movie theaters or airplanes. You know, you're leaving and you see what other people have left behind. And you're like, D. Like, you could have at least, you know, scooped some of those things or threw the cup away. I mean, you know, they only make four annoying trips back and forth with the gloves and the bags to collect any trash or items you would like to discard at this time. Gracious sakes. Anyway, I digress. Turn around. Drive two and a half hours. So we leave first thing in the morning. My, even my dad was like, you know just rest get here in the morning we can't be with her at night anyway because the um the like i would call it a group home it's not a nursing home or anything like that it is literally a group home of 18 people or less in a very nice place with living rooms and a dining room and shared kitchen and the same staff that know them and helped my grandma for almost three years and cried as if they lost their own grandmother at that very moment because of how much they loved her, because of what a wonderfully true, genuine, compassionate, just calm, funny, ornery, charismatic, compassionate lady that my grandma was through and through from the day she came to the day she left. And we were just talking about that magic because so many people that aren't even directly related speak of that magic that they don't know exactly how to explain that she encompassed and carried. But I hope and pray that what I feel inside and how I get to be calm sometimes, even though sometimes I get wound a little too tight, that I got a little bit of some, some, some from that enigma that she was. But... Through that, I made it to a, 
just outside of Warwood and found out she had already uh, separated and uh, left behind the, the being of which we identified her and took with her the spirit of what it was that made her. So I missed it by minutes and I, I, I didn't necessarily need to be there at that transitional moment, but I definitely still wanted to connect and touch one more time and love her and look at her and talk with her like we do prior to that experience happening and I did miss it. But the, uh, <clears throat> the, the after effects and the gatherings and the moments and the being there and that in that, you know, ripple effect was something that I it will cherish forever. And so I've got a lot to reflect on. I mean, here I was unexpectedly, you know, a couple days ago, I'm complaining about the 12 hour process to travel three and a half. And uh, now I'm leaving a, a moment of being together with my brothers, which hasn't happened in four or five years at once. And my family and cousins and I have a very, very special cousin that for whatever reason, we have this kindredness of us. And she and I uh, got to realize and remember that and saw witness to it a couple of times just by the reactions of people. And I even made a joke. I even told her it was like we were uh, like the the cousins in Practical Magic, except if I do really have to be Nicole Kidman, which is the one that always goes away and then comes back, I'm not crazy like her and I wouldn't have done all that stupid stuff to sabotage them. So it's kind of like that, but like not, like like two Sandra Bullocks, I suppose. But anyway, it was all well and good and uh, beautiful in a lot of ways. There was a lot of grace and goodness and joy and positive feelings and laughter. So it's like one of those things where you just left a spa, but it was for your insides with your things that make you feel well. So it's like that. And then, oh, dude in front of me is like tow trucking it out with some lights and whatnot. Sorry, I'm still, I've, I've, I've walked through the main city traveling now. I'm like going in between the towns, which by the way, gas holy buckets 389 a gallon i don't even know what to do with that like now you don't even want me to drive like between me and my husband and going back and forth going back home getting things put together coming back for grandma's funeral him driving supper with the boys for their schedules and then me coming now it's like that's 200 bucks huh i mean i'd pay it 50 times over i'm just saying what the heck but the one thing that's really, I, it even happened before grandma died. It was like that same weekend, but the one topic, and then what really made me decide, you know what? I'm just going to stop. I'm going to talk is I was listening to Joe Rogan and this Ben Burgess guy. And I'm not, I'm done. Like I wanted to turn it off. And I don't know if it's his laugh. I don't know. I, I just thought, man, I guess if you just write a book, you can be on Joe Rogan. But 
Uh, I mean, there were sensical things that he was saying that I, I don't disagree with. I just, there wasn't a lot of substance there that was going to carry me through. Like Earthquake was probably my most favorite of recent. I just love that because I've been toying around with the idea of what does it look like to just continually dialogue. So I guess my podcast to my kids are starting to make me wonder because maybe there's something with it. I have no idea because it's not the podcast that makes me want to do it. This just helps me have sanity in my life. So it's coming out of my brain and not staying inside of there, rolling around like with like war marbles in the deck. It's like unpack that bag of rice. So I just am trying to get things out of me and that's the way because it's either this or writing it out or uh, this is faster and then I'm done. Sometimes I'm like, and I need to just get it out. But one of the, the things is more of the experiences I'm having with like people talking and wanting to ask me things like my sister-in-law Amy, who I absolutely just adore to pieces, looked at me before I left and she said, do you know how many people love you? Like, do you realize how many people love you? Because I don't think you realize how many, you, know, you don't know how, how many people you impact just by the things you do and say. And I was like, holy shit. Like, if you have someone say that to you, like, like it's still like rippling in me. Like, made my hair stand up again. I'm like, and who knows? Like, I don't know if that means two or two dozen. And it doesn't even matter because it's not about the quality. It's about the quantity of it. What did I just say? I said it totally backwards. It is the quality. Like, I would rather have the people I have in my life right now. And I'm fine if that's if that's all I get in this life. Because it's more than I can even handle to sustain me now. So, um, I'm already to a point where if, if nothing else happens, I am so fulfilled and joyous and graceful. Like, I just, I can't express how much gratitude and, and love I feel inside for everybody that matters to me right now. So I'm, I'm full. My cup hath runneth over. But the idea that maybe if I could help other people in troubled ways clear it a little bit better, because I feel like that's what people seek me for, whether it be, how do I hang these photos and make it look nice to what do you think about like religion? I, I love it because I don't know that I'm right. And I love listening to the discussions because it helps me understand other people in a deeper, more personable level, right, wrong, or indifferent. It's like, it's like beautiful and it helps me see the dynamics of what makes us love each other and what makes us grow each other. Because I learn so much just from other people, but sometimes it's like, I've got to tell them something first. It's almost like, not truth or dare, more truth, truth. Like you can really start to heal by letting the person inside of you that you usually try to cover up and hide actually have a voice and be able to say something that may or may not go over well, but your body is going to go ahead and defend it anyway, because they trust you to say it out loud. You know, like, is that a thing? Is that, I don't know. It's just, oh shit. See, I hate it when somebody's trying to turn and I'm like, see me, see me. Don't pull over until I get past you. Thank God. <laughs> I'm a dork. I know. I'm like overly cautiously driving, but at the same point, I'm just trying to get the frick out of everybody else's way too. Cause I know they don't want mama minivan weaving in between their trucks. Oof, does. Okay. Now I gotta just exhale, breathe. 
that weird, weird pain in my heart starting to do that weird thing again. But I've been assured it's nothing more than just, you know, post whatever. So, back to the Burgess guy. Again, no, no fences there, buddy. They started talking about religion, and Joe gave his theory of why he believes that um, it is a good thing. And, and he quoted Jordan Peterson, which, if anyone wants to like try to dig into some of my like deeper me without ever talking to me, which is fine by me. I don't open book, whatever. There's too much time to talk to every single human in the world. There's one, his interview with Jewel. But two, his interview, his last most recent interview with Jordan Peterson, where he gets very vulnerable and he talks a little bit more into the way his processes have to work so that he can find, like, his own internal, like, piece of... And then, like, Jenny Slate's stand-up on Netflix, when she talks about that self reflection of her and her like where her sabotages come in and then and, you know it's funny is even my brother and I were discussing sabotages of self because of the fear of losing humility and detaching from that that connected you to the success in the first place and uh, I'm going down a long thing but I agree with what Joe Rogan was saying because I also agree with the people that challenge my recent decisions, which one of them was actually changing religions. And when you think about even saying that, changing religions, like what does that mean? And that's what really made me say, you know what, I'm gonna quit listening to this guy Google and laugh because I've got like almost three hours and I've got at least probably a good 45 minutes before I'll feel comfortable enough to wanna go get gas because gas is so expensive. I don't want to fill it up now and then get home and have like a quarter of a tank out. I'd rather drive it until I'm comfortably close to a quarter tank and then totally fill it up so that I have less to refill by the time I arrive, if that makes sense. I'm trying. And then I thought I'd also like to pull over when it's light out. And I think we've got a while for that, but I'm also down to like the notch above a quarter tank. So we'll see, see how long it goes. But in thinking about religion, I'm just going to go out there and give my kind of theory on it. And why I'm also very, very, very faithful and an absolute true believer in God. However you may address it. I am fascinated with religion because if you really whittle it down, aside from, I don't know what, atheism, which is not a religion, by the way, that's just a group of like-minded theorists. So there's that who all probably end up believing or not, because what is wrong with believing? Like, what does it hurt? Even if you're wrong, 
the quality of life you've lived because you believed and had faith is going to have better outcomes than those who truly believe this is all you got left and this is the one time and then there's nothing after that like how how depressing is that like is that why you again I, that would be a stereotypical wave but i'm thinking if somebody truly is living by the christian belief of of god in the peaceful sense which is where i find god in peace nature love beauty there yes and congregation i mean there is truth in that but you wouldn't be dumping popcorn all over your seat and leaving messes that you know damn well someone else has to clean you would pick the shit up off the sidewalk even if that means carrying stupid bags somebody's got to pick it up it's not going to pick itself up so I don't know if you even if you break it like at first I thought I would address it as I feel like there's the big three because everything's in threes and I was gonna say you know you got Christianity you got Judaism and then you've got like the Muslim Islamic you know grand book because it like goes down to they use different books like it's that different books where like you could have 150 religions that work off the Bible. See what I'm saying? Like, so I was trying to whittle it down to the biggest trunk of the tree before everything branches out. And I was going to say Christianity, Judaism, and, and uh, if it's Muslimic, whatever. But then I was like, but yeah, but then you've got like Buddhism, you know, and that, so that's its own basis too. And I think Buddhism is beautiful. Like I, I love so many tenets of that. In fact, I've even talked about Tibet three times this week and I am so proud of that. I dusted off my Tibet shirts that I used to have in my tub of old clothes and got them out and they still fit and are soft and nice. And it makes me very happy because I remember old Heather was all about freeing Tibet because they were under oppressive rule of China and they were genocidally killing everyone and that he the holy himself Dalai Lama has been exiled to India since he was a teen because of the Chinese Communist Party and their desire to destroy everything about their culture to die in history like they tore down 1500 year old statues by the way does this sound familiar this playbook sound familiar yeah okay and anyway, Tibet's gone. Like when you have to, you know, go buy something and it tells you to choose or you build a profile and it's like choose your country. Look for Tibet. It's not there. It's China. Look at a map, Google it. There's no Tibet. It is gone. And the shirts that I wore and the things that I would educate back in the day when I actually was still caring about every every kind human being on this earth of soul it was a country and it did exist and there were maps and it was on it and you learned about them and that was where like it's connected to Mount Everest in Nepal and like it's a 
pretty cool ass place of God existence of beauty and and they took it and uh, the people who don't believe in violence were like you're like the same people that walked to the showers you know so <clears throat> it's at that core level that persecutions and devastations are still allowed to happen in modern world which is insanity oh my gosh then I realized, you know what? It's not even the big three. That's the big three trunk branches, maybe. But the trunk itself is God. Like, every single one of them are a belief of a higher power existing. And that we do have no understanding of the breadth of its mystic powerfuls, all, all that. But we do know we honor it, worship it, believe it, and follow it to a T so that we can possibly have an eternal life of seeing it that hope of looking behind the curtain and finally getting the keys to the answers of the book you've been tested you know like so the fact that everybody is still fighting over that kind of stuff is telling you that there's something bigger behind it and it is man it is not god and so i am willing to look at those that which man has documented taken and done but I also know that everything you take, you translate for yourself. And I have parts of the book that I believe are absolutely telling and stand true of like 10 commandments, golden rules, Psalms. You know, there are things of truth that are still true today because the same desires and needs and uh, complexities of the human body and its soul and its connections are still in the need of the same nourishments and evolves and growths and like understanding and I don't think you can do that unless you do believe in the structure of behavior affects outcome like how I behave today will affect how I behave tomorrow and there's a guy that just like dropped down to like 40 mile an hour that's cool I'm watching the road while I talk. Weird. Just like wrong turn kind of stuff. Like, hey, good buddy, I'm going to back her up over here and I'm going to block her in over there and then we're going to take her down over there. I'm just kidding. That could happen anywhere. That could happen in San Francisco. Did you know I was in San Francisco like 12 years ago? And it was scary as heck. And we... I traveled with my office and it was a big conference. So they sent a lot of us, like probably a dozen of us. And the actual hotel that was supposed to be one of the ones was booked. And then there was like a fancy boutique one that was just like up the little slanted street a little bit further, you know, like maybe four or five buildings up. So they put me in a, um, in that one because it was like cute. And the travel agent lady that I just adored in the executive offices, she liked me and she was like, giving me this really cute room and I, I appreciate it, but it made me have to walk by myself to that other hotel. And by the first trip of that, I never walked alone again. And I would have to call the other hotel and have two or three of our male gentlemen walk together so that they would come pick me up because I couldn't walk that far without having aggressive 
scary homeless people in my face trying to like I don't even know what their I didn't even know what their goal was like I don't I didn't know if they wanted money I didn't know if they just wanted someone to hear them like I don't know but I was like you're in my face I'm very scared I don't like you please don't touch my arm and then like f that and then every day they walked me and escorted me they stayed laying down on the street but like if I were alone they'd be jumping up like bleh, 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 and I'm like ah so back to my story, religion. I, I, when those branches come out, and let's just, I only can speak to Christianity. I can't speak to the other two. But what I can say about one is I find it very validating that while m- most Christian religions, and by that I'm saying, like, eh, I would say Catholic is definitely the most practicing, but there are a couple of other handfuls, like Protestant, I believe, and Lutheran, that do observe Lent and Ash Wednesday. Um, Not to the extent or the same routine, but very similar, and it's still the understanding of now we enter into time um, of waiting for the... uh, the entire thing that went down with him dying for our sins and all like totally like wiping the slate clean that stuff so Easter Sunday of he is risen is when then you find the next system so this is like that dark time where you're living in well Islamic faith they follow uh, or Muslim however you say it Muslim, Muslim, I don't know Um, they have Ramadan so with Lent, you have 40 days and 40 nights or however long that period of time is. It's between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday. It's about like five weeks, six weeks, where you give up something that is a sacrifice to you, like wine, chocolate, which if, to me, it's like, come on, you can do more. Like, it's not like that. It's more of an awareness of sacrifice. But anyway, because I, I rather do more, give more, be more. Like, I work harder to sacrifice my time to give to others. So, you know, like, I look for ways to be even more. It's usually exhausting at the end, but I think that's the whole point. But Ramadan is where you fast from sun up to sundown, and then you have a dinner. And you do that the whole time as your way of showing your sacrifice. So don't you find it a little, like, okay, different books, different everything. But at the same time, okay, there must be truth in certain life events that have been documented because of the similarities of them all and the long history root of them. So, that to me shows that we have more in common than we would ever want to believe and perhaps similarly to Christianity is it possible that Judaism Buddhism Muslim have also deflected into their own versions of religion based on the book of that meaning Islamic extremists are different than 
Muslim. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's different types of Jewish synagogues, perhaps. I don't know. I, I Again, I don't know. I, I am very incompetent in other areas other than understanding their existence and, like, the main differences, which gets me back to my point of religion. From my studies and learning, and I, I am proud to admit I have gone through a nine, eight, nine months, was it eight? I don't know. It was months, classes and meetings to convert into Catholicism and become Catholic. I have people say, congratulations. I have people say, are you freaking kidding me? Why would you ever do such a stupid thing? I appreciate all of it because I am okay and cool with talking about it. And I have even kind of, I am fascinated with religion. I am fascinated with people who are engaged at different levels of religion and understanding the different levels of um, gratitude, discipline, and respecting everyone's decisions on how they are choosing to use their days up in their skin suit while their being and body are still connected and intact. There. I, I'm really totally cool. As long as nobody wants to hurt anyone and do anything bad, I'm all down for whatever. Let's just talk and learn. I love learning about cultures. I mean, everyone's upbringings and experiences are so very vastly different that I feel like when somebody tries to tear down someone's personal preferences with religion, it's almost like you're trying to tear down their personal preferences in how they were raised, which were not their preferences. It was what they were ingrained to believe. So like, you know, I was thinking I, I teach a, a little adjunct class and I bring up loyalty of sports and I have a picture of um, Buckeye fans going nuts in the stands and I have a picture of Michigan fans doing the same in their stands and I asked the question could I make one switch teams and everyone's immediately like oh heck no you're never going to get a Buckeye cheer for the Michigan people. Until they have this like conference thing they're in. It's called like a Big Ten. And then they fight with like people that are in like these ones that are like 12. Even though there's not 12, there's like 14 or something. They still call it 12. There's like a, I don't even know. There's like a Big 12. There's a Big Ten. There's a big something else. And then what happens is, is then after they all play, then they advance to where at the very, very end, they have these like final playoffs where like each winner of their like team of group, like whoever comes out on top of that group then goes against that other group and then they play it out and then they win like all groups. It's kind of like Super Bowl, like there's like an Air American side and then there's like a national side or something like baseball. And then they do at the end, they have the big one. They call it world, but it's not. But I mean, that's what they've made Americans believe is we are in the world. But 
mother and the children. Anyway, it's like it gets into that because the same as religion, it all whittles down to you believe in God. So at the end of the day, I'm not going to, I don't, no one ever used to even care. Like, I didn't care if you were whatever, Catholic, Methodist, or you know, everybody was Christian. And then even that, I don't care if you were Jewish or Muslim, you believed in God. You see what I'm saying? Like, but yet almost every war and thing that's gone bad or happened has been in the names of religion. But they all still have faith. So I don't, I get, again, I, I just scratch my head with, I don't understand how we have wars over religions when we all agree that anyone and their brother can go break off from the main and create another religion and then call it Christian or call it Jewish. Like, all I know is I have now experienced life at some phase or another in my 45 years where I have been to mass, I have been to church. I have been, uh, I've taught Sunday school at a Methodist church. I grew up Nazarene church, um, mom's Baptist. Uh, what else? Oh, I was Lutheran for a long time. I was baptized Lutheran. Um, and now I'm Catholic. And everybody's like, well, why'd you do that? Well, for the first, my husband and his entire family are Catholic. My husband went all through Catholic school and went to Lutheran as a way of like almost like a compromise because I had my own doubts about Catholic behavior and treatment as growing up in my situation. There have been times in my life where I had felt like they only allow their own or something. And I didn't like them. But anyway, that's another day. I, and I also, we, we couldn't get married in the first two Catholic churches we approached. We ended up having to go to his lifelong family church in his hometown because they would, you know, make an exception for my sinned soul. And I had said to the priest, I would raise our kids that way. And I didn't, but you know, there's time for that. There's time. And now I went through the entire uh, nine-month course process. And after 20 years of marriage, I have fulfilled my promise to become a Catholic. But it wasn't even that. That wasn't even why. Like, I just wanted to. Because the history and the map, like, the learning and the understanding of what religion is and how it works, there is no doubt. And I'm sure it's, like, deep in the catacombs of these secret Vaticans, you're going to find the same crap that politicians have buried under area 51 but it is like the og like it is documented and tra traced and followed so i understand and interpret that every single religion and sector of christianity that does and believes in one God and Jesus Christ and all that stuff, you know, King James, whatever that Bible broke off from Catholicism or divisions of it. Like it all went back to J Jewish and Catholic 
back in the times of everything that happened with Jesus. Like, they're saying that the apostles and the following of Jesus later went on and evolved this into what they believed to be the, the, the followings of the teacher. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't, like, they're man, they're fallible, so I don't know, like, what whatever, like, I don't know. I'm not even going to challenge any of it because it's, I, I don't know. How, how would I know? I can throw theories out there of what I think, but I know at the end of the day, people write the stuff down as they believe to see it, but interpretation is all, you know, its own. The fact is, is that there is indeed that higher power of existence and there is that miracle of what faith can do and be. And I don't think anyone will argue that except people that don't believe in any. And that, right now I'm thinking that's like one or two percent. There's everybody believes in a higher power or a God. And I think you need to. It's when you hurt other people in its name that it becomes problems. And it shouldn't be that way. Like, I think we should all just focus on the fact that however we want to worship a God and better our lives and make those around us seek him and be him and enjoy the quality of life we'll have and sustain is unlimited and crazy. And I don't know in 10 years if I say, you know what, I want to be this now. Maybe I'll be a Buddha. I'm just kidding. But I, I do respect the ta Like, why can't I take pieces and parts of all the religions I have, follow the one that I'm in, which is Catholic, and then drive from that where I find peace, where my inside and my outside are connected as a being of one so that I can figure out my purpose here and serve that. Like, why are we getting caught in the crosshairs? And then I hear things, well, priests and what they do to kids and the boy. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's wrong. Holy shit, that's wrong. I have learned that there's this belief that once you're a priest, you can never unpriest. Like, they can never take that away from you. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. But that don't mean you have to put them out in the public or expose them to anybody. They can be a priest in a in a school, and you know, or like on a Zoom room. Like, that doesn't mean they have to be out there to ever make a victim again. Like, you should protect your congregation so that this priest may do whatever it is they need to do to cleanse, heal, be forgiven, and never, ever, ever repeat it while being in a place where they can never have the opportunity to. It's kind of like all priests, they're a bunch of drunks, and then we leave them in bars. That's dumb. That's disgusting. If you're touching, if you're doing that crap, you shouldn't have that type of freedom here on earth to have any type of way of ever doing it again, ever. And there should be restitution and accountability and there should be something that can be done to heal the wrongs of what has happened to ensure that future generations won't have it happen again. I think sometimes that's the worst part of victimhood is when you know you're having to heal and move on from it yourself, understanding that there's nothing you can do to protect more people from going through the hell you've had to go through. That's like another trauma in itself. Anyway, lots of talks about religion and you would, you would think it was because of that transition that occurred, but there wasn't anything like that at all. There was, there was no doubt that witnessed grandma 
transcending into somewhere positively beautiful and gorgeous and feeling unmostly awesomeness. Like she is in heaven. Too many signs, too many symbols, too many feelings. There's no denying she is living on and she is in a place where it is good and it is right. None, zero. No doubt the grief and the sorrow we have here of watching and seeing and losing that spirit here on earth because I miss her. I feel that void. Even though she was 91 and declining rapidly, she was still that person that you felt and touched and laughed and cut jokes up until she couldn't talk anymore. And that was Friday. So you truly are who you are the entire time you are who you are. Like I talk about that photo my grandma Sue sent me of myself as a child and on the back of it she wrote take care of this little girl for me she is special those that being and that person of me that was that child is that child today I'm just here and I'm older and I'm more experienced and it will be the exact same child I take with me when I leave at hopefully 91 and it's how we evolve and connect to our body through that time that gives us that peace or that insecurity or stability. And she was one person that was always in sync. And that's how she achieved her calmness that I think people in Buddhism do study to get, meditate to achieve. That was her natural like RPMs. <coughs> I mean, in her high school yearbook, everyone in the class listed out their pet peeves and when it came to her name, it said none. And when it said, what will people admire most about you? Hers was her quiet and calm demeanor. And her ability to tell jokes was uncanny. And I still quote her, I quote her in the boardroom. You know, one of my favorite things she said, I remember talking to her and in fact, it was about religion, about church and people and bad people and why things can happen the way they do. And I remember she looked at me and she leaned down Again, I don't remember the whole context of the conversation. I just remember it was something to the effect of me challenging why some people are one way. And I don't even remember how it all worked out. But she looked at me and she said, you can put a turd in a cookie jar, but it doesn't make it a cookie. And I have used that in so many ways to explain things to people especially when people are in places where they don't belong, but pretend they do for the benefit of themselves. And I just hope we can figure out all the places we've been trained and programmed to divide and hate or disagree in a way that is irritating the soul and itching away at our anger and bitterness and instead see the commonalities of everything that makes sense and the beauty within that you know adam and i were talking it was like even we even said you know there's people when when you say oh build the wall build the wall and then everyone's fighting yeah but immigration there's immigrants that need to come and they we need to help and blah, blah. yes and yes i think that there's a forced argument an implementation implementation 
that if you believe one way, you believe all the things associated with that one way. And we both agree that we both agree on the exact same thing where we're both for a wall to protect the boundaries and borders of our country so that we can help control and intake the right flow to get them in. Like we agree in the American dream and that everyone deserves that chance and that everyone should want to come here but we also agree that why can't we help make every country more like America in that belief and in those freedoms and take away the 1% elitism that have corruptly tried to continually control all of us so that we can say, while we're helping you seek asylum, we're helping make you have your home again. Because I don't know about you, but how many of you would want to leave America and become a citizen of a different country. You know, I mean, I talk about like how I would love to live in Mexico or I think Belize is beautiful and that would be a cool place to live. And, you know, we've even talked about, you know, nations of, you know, Norway, like cool places. But at the end of the day, I still want to be an American. Like this is my home. And that's why I think that when you do see people immigrate to our country, they still honor their country and their culture, which is beautiful because how could you not? I mean, you have to follow the new country's guidelines, you know, to socially function and work and, you know, do that. But at the, all in all, you still keep your home pride. Same as, you know, if you have an Ohio Buckeye who moved to California and he still has his block, oh, whatever thing in his yard, you know, we, we look. We see people that don't live in states that have their favorite state's representation because home is home. And what if we could make it a world where you could come to America, but you could still live home and you can go back and forth because home is a beautiful place too, because we've all quit fighting about the branches of the trees because we all still have the same trunk that connects us all. Like, doesn't that, doesn't that make sense? And isn't there sensible ways that we can just figure out how to filter out the bad guys so that we can all be the good guys? Because that's all we're saying a wall would do is filter out the bad guys. We don't want the bad guys here. The prisoners that are escaping and the drug dealers and the cartels and the traffickers. All oh, the traffickers. It's so sad. I'm getting gas. Thanks for listening, kids. And there you have it, another episode of Oh Hey Heather. I hope it has made you think of a story of your own, or how you could relate to this one, or if anything, just something you could enjoy. Thanks everyone, and have a great one.